What's up, my Impact Theory family? It's Tom Bilyeu, and I want to take a moment to express my heartfelt gratitude to you guys, our incredible listeners. Your support, your feedback, your unwavering commitment to your own growth inspires and drives us every day. And I want you guys to know how important you are to all of us here, especially me. And for those voracious listeners, you know who you are, I've got something really exciting to share with you. If you're truly dedicated to achieving greatness, check out the Extra Impact subscription channel exclusively on Apple Podcasts and Supercast. With the Extra Impact subscription, you'll get all new episodes delivered ad-free, exclusive access to bonus content, including keynote speeches, AMAs, weekly motivation, and previously unreleased episodes. And you'll also have subscriber-only access to five additional podcast playlists with hundreds of archived Impact Theory episodes curated into themes to help you streamline your transformation journey. So if you're ready to take your personal growth journey to the next level, head over to Apple Podcasts, Supercast, or check the links in the show notes and subscribe to the Extra Impact subscription. It's your key to unlocking the greatness within you. Thank you guys again so much for being a part of this incredible community. Remember, the world needs more people that have come alive, double down on your own improvement, and you will be shocked at how far you can go. All right, until next time, my friends, be legendary. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Facebook Live Relationship Theory. I am one of your hosts, Tom Bilyeu, and... I am Lisa. Do you have a last name? Hmm, what could it be? <laughs> that would be a little weird to change your last name. That is, as a guy, not something that I've ever had to even contemplate. It was super weird when we first got married. And is it really true that when you saw my first film, you thought, hmm, that's an interesting last name? Oh, hell yeah. But like as in, uh, I want to make it mine? Not really. So Tom was my teacher. So you're for those shattering you. my dreams right now. I should have known better than to ask this question because in my mind I was always like, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, so we should give context. So you were my teacher. Yep. You showed your film. School for adults. School for adults. Um, you showed um, your movie that you made in, in college. And yep. at the end it said, you know, directed, produced and written by Tom Bilyeu. Now, are you going to lie? 
It's a Thomas Bilyeu. Oh, I was trying Thomas to be very Bilyeu. official back then. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean lie? Um, yeah, Thomas Bilyeu. So um, I remember thinking, like, yeah, like, that's an interesting last name. And if, it wasn't like, I'm going to have that my, as right. my name and write it on, you know, like the, you the weren't doing school that? folders. I was not doing that. Um, but it definitely was like, hmm, his, you know, hot guy with like, I mean, look, you know that I was very attracted to the fact that he was so talented. So having seen a movie that like that you had shot that was so, um, yeah, creative was very, uh, was a turn on? Can I say that on TV? <laughs> sure. Um, and then seeing your last name was awesome. So. All right. Boom. There yeah, it is. There it is. Random start. Random start. All right. So should we just get down to the first let's question? Let's dive All right, right in. Let's dive right oh, in. Oh, wait. Do we have a giveaway or something, Cindy? The voice of the community? Are you saying we have no giveaway? No, we must. Can we do an impromptu? We can do an impromptu. All right. Let's do an impromptu giveaway. Right here, right now, as you guys know, our ask right now is to share the content if it's adding value to your life. So if this is adding value to your life, share it and enter yourself a chance to win a, we'll do two. We'll do a 15-minute call because I'm getting hit up more for those now. So we'll do a 15-minute call with me and then we will also do a free t-shirt. So get on that Impact Theory t-shirt tip by sharing this content and yeah. There it is. Boom. All right. All right now let's dive in. First right. question. What do we got? First question. We're going to go to um, one from last week. We'll start yep. off there. Let's and then it. as Always people. A good place to start. Yeah. Start submitting your questions, guys, so we can uh, get down to this week live. All right. So, anyway, last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is from Carl Apsey. Tom and Lisa, it's spectacular you are doing this episode and quite timely for my current situation. Me and my girlfriend of two and a half years are moving in together temporarily to cut costs and spend more time. Okay. I know, yeah. Hmm, that's interesting that you said temporarily. Right. We'd love to hear about how, um, how that happened for you two and any advice you would give for a couple making that move. Yeah, so um, I'll just address the elephant in the room. And uh, say that I find it very um, worthy of discussion that you're saying you're moving in temporarily and that you're doing it to save money. Oh, and to spend more time. Um, That is, I will just say that's very unromantic. So, God, you got to be careful with stuff like that. So it. If you're not ready to move in, don't move in. And and I think that that's a very reasonable response to say, like, that's not where I'm at and that's not what I want to do. But if you're going to do it, like, make the most of the situation and really embrace it and do it wholeheartedly. Um, so, for instance, when I decided that I was going to uh, propose, that was the hard thing. Once I decided I was going to propose, like, I was already committed. So getting married was easy. So I put a lot of time and energy into thinking about whether or not I should propose, wow, I should propose. But then once I had decided to propose, like that was very easy. Everything else really was about expressing, um, you know, being romantic and really making you feel to the core of your being how much I love you. So I'll give you an example. We've talked about this before, but uh, bears repeating. When we set up this company, our lawyers expressly advised us not to do it 50-50. And the reason they said that, hey, do 51-49, that way, God forbid, hey, if things ever were to go around that it would be very clear who controls the company. And I said, no, I want you to create the ultimate divorce nightmare. Now, the reason that I said that isn't because I think that it's somehow good for business. 
It's that it's very good for the relationship. And that one percentage point, which you would have very easily said, oh, okay, fine, that's no big deal. It would have rolled off your back and not a worry. But for me, it really was way more important to show you that I'm totally committed and invested in this relationship and I see it being totally equal than to try and like hedge my bets or protect myself or whatever. Now, that's obviously from the position of having been married for almost 15 years, but mm. it's it was little things like that all along the way that has further solidified our relationship. So I don't think you have any obligation to move in together, but if you're going to, do it all the way. But here's a question. That's coming from all those decisions were made based on the fact that you never got stung before, right? So it's not, <laughs> um, it's not like, so let's say, for instance, that this guy, he's, was in a relationship yep. and he was, he bought, got a f apartment, I was going to say flat mm -hmm. apartment together and she just took everything. And yeah. so now he's in another relationship. He's like, Oh God, I don't want that same problem. So, yeah. um, oh, it makes financial sense. But like, so how do you, if you've been stung before, how do you still come to that conclusion or do you still come to that conclusion? Yeah. So everything for me boils down to psychology. So, like I said, there's no obligation for you guys to move in together. I don't think that that is, um, I don't feel one way or the other about that. Like if you want to move in, move in. If you don't, don't. I'm just saying whatever you choose, choose it. Don't halfway choose it because it sets you up so strangely in the relationship to mm -hmm. say, hey, there are three reasons that we're moving in together. Two of them have nothing to do with love, romance, and commitment. Um, that to me is is a mistake. And that is, you're going to feel those reverberations in the relationship. You cannot simultaneously hold someone at arm's length and completely welcome them into your world. So, um, I mean, there's, you know, it's, it's very fascinating and I am not saying this is easy. I'm just saying it's psychology and therefore it's understandable. So, um, if you're going to really be in a relationship with somebody, I think you have to really be in a relationship. I think two years is plenty of time. If you're unsure, then chances are it's not the right person. And if you're just being um, hesitant because, like, you're not sure that you know how to navigate the waters of a relationship, then I would hope that they're putting all of their time and energy into figuring that out. Like, mm. a lot of times – so here's a fundamental belief that I have. I can um, get myself out of any sticky situation, period. Like, there is no situation that I cannot get to the other side of. And because I believe that – I don't walk into something like totally confused and afraid. I fucking go in. So it's like, I know I can extract myself on the other side if I need to. So I don't know to like, for instance, I got a tattoo um, of your name. It's this whole Greek thing. And anybody who knows me knows it was a ritualistic scarification to be shown that by the way. I think so. Yeah. Which I know is like yeah. a real thing for you. And, and yeah, I actually, who wants so to here's see it up close. feel free to ask. I'll tell proud. you. For sure, and like as you should. And here's why I don't go out of my way. I'm not weird about it. I would happily do it. But here's why I will never do it just of my own. Like, that shit was for me, okay? So it wasn't for me to, like, make some public proclamation. It was to go through a painful and permanent reminder that I'm a different human being from one day to the next. That's it. This wasn't meant to be showy. It's not meant to be a billboard for other people to sure. see. And that's one of the reasons I love that it's in Greek not only is that a nod to you, but I didn't need other people to know what it meant. It was very, very mm -hmm. intensely for me. Now, I brought that up because when I got the tattoo, I had to acknowledge that something could happen to you. So you know me. I don't even think about divorce. I don't even let that in my head, and I think that's one of the reasons that it will never happen. 
but you could die and there's nothing that I can do about that. And then I would be starting over. Now, I knew that I would be able to come to terms with that and I would find a way to move forward and that if I were then to get in a subsequent relationship that I would be able to make that person incredibly comfortable with that and that they would understand why that was important to me, that that was actually something that was empowering and beautiful and that if they couldn't embrace it, then they literally couldn't embrace me. So it was like, I knew I'll be able to navigate those waters. So Having that confidence in yourself that you'll be able to figure something out, that you'll learn whatever you need to learn, that you'll get whatever skill you need to get, allows you to really commit to things. And I think it's bullshit when people say like, oh, you know, I've been stung. I've got this baggage now. I'm older. It's harder. You've allowed yourself to harden. And you and I have talked a lot about this. Business has made every attempt to harden you and I. And in some ways, there's no question it has. But do we not work to make sure that we don't become just like the fucking cynical, hard-ass people? Mm -hmm. Like, we really do. I'm just saying people need to put that effort in. Like, it's not going to happen magically. It's not going to happen by accident. But, like, to not, like, theory of mind. You have to be able to project yourself into the other person's shoes. And if, like, in the beginning, we really had a scuffle because I wanted you to move in and you didn't. That's right. Which is where we need to get to ultimately in the story so that people can hear that because, like... You have to be able to talk through that, get to the other side of it. And I remember very, very clearly how that made me feel rejected. And so it's like, I'm just, whichever one of them, and it's not necessarily him, maybe it's her saying that it's temporary and that it's for cost savings. And maybe he's just trying to come to terms with that, which is very possible. But somebody in that equation, or maybe both of them, but that does not say we're in this together, we're in it for the long haul, we're totally connected. And there's this whole like thing now where fewer and fewer people are getting married, people are having kids and not getting married, which to me, like, that's dizzying and bizarre. Um, because I think people aren't acknowledging the truth of that ritual, that hardcore commitment, doing something, like really making a proclamation that we're committed to each other like that matters and i mean this is one of the driving forces behind impact theory is ritual matters ideology matters your belief system matters and the things you do externally to reinforce that and the things you do internally to reinforce that fucking matter and when you don't do them then the like the re you're not reinforcing the belief in your mind like the tattoo reminds me of what this is about. It reminds me what commitment is. It reminds me of what permanence is. It reminds me that I'm different. And it reminds me that I have to act in accordance with that. And if people aren't willing to give themselves totally to that, then don't be surprised when your relationship struggles. I Like, I don't think people need to be in a relationship. So you're saying the reason them getting together for anything other than the the mythology of what it means to come together as a unit is a mistake. No, I'm just saying that there's no reason you need to be in a relationship. But if you're going to be in one, then set it up for success. And I don't think people really think about from a psychological perspective, how do you set yourself up for success? Because it's, there are things, there are rituals. I mean, look at society. We have rituals, we have symbols. And the symbols and the rituals are weakening over time. Mm. They're in some cases being totally discarded. And then we pick our heads up and go, wow, it's so weird that the divorce rate is 50%. It's not weird. It's psychology is the baseline physics of any human relationship. Mm. Cool. Awesome. Well, are you uh, not going to help people out and let them understand why didn't you want to move in with such a ah. lovely available bachelor? <laughs> I don't understand. Um, 
I just, I was very, what's weird is I was going to say I'm very cautious, but I'm actually, you were saying um, on uh, one of your lives that um, you're not a risk taker, but I am. So it's interesting that like about rules and risk taking things like that. You're a rule breaker. I am a total follower. You get offended by rules and wonder why I'm following them and lose a little (laughs) bit of respect every time I stand in a line or something like that. And she's laughing because she knows it's true. But here's the thing. I mean, look, standing in a line to me, there's just other ways to to deal with. Such as cutting in line? No, no, I don't (laughs) cut. I don't cut. But like things like, for instance, at Starbucks once, we had a, there was a massive line. It was like this big event um, at a convention center and I was already running late. Um, and it was like a, I mean, literally there was like 50 people in line just for a Starbucks. So I went straight to the front. There was this, you know, it was a bunch of teenagers because it was like a YouTube event. So there was these bunch of t- teenagers and I was like, look, I'm never going to be cheeky and ask for something that um, doesn't behoove other someone else. So I went up to this, you know, 14 year old girl in line at Starbucks. It was right at the front. It was, she was like next in line. And I was like, Hey, um, do you mind if I, you know, join you in your order and I'll pay for your coffee? And she was like, okay, like she couldn't believe her luck. Right. So I was like, well, that was a win-win situation. Um, I don't even, oh, rule breaking. So things like that where it's like, there are ways around it, but also there is something to being risky. It gives you a bit of an adrenaline rush. Like I like that feeling. So why then again, wouldn't you move in? Yeah, so that's that's kind of, What's that? <laughs> Cindy's <laughs> off camera. It's a totally different volume. It's, it's true. I mean, well, no, here's the thing. I had been in a long relationship and I'd been with a guy for four years yeah. um, and he was a nightmare. And so it was one of those, like, I'm Would never going to be the guy that smashed your car window the night before our wedding. <laughs> it was the guy that smashed yes, um, my car window the night before our wedding. But that just made us our wedding story yeah. even more fun. I don't think he's bitter, though. I think he's fine. Yeah. Um, but I just had really bad um, experience. So it was like, you know, one minute a guy was nice and the next minute a guy wasn't. And because me and you had done the long distance thing for so long, um, I'd never lived with you. So um, that was scary. And to be honest, let's face it, the pressure of my dad, um, a very, tip, you know, strong Greek father who was um, – yeah, just like, be careful, be careful, like, stay on your own. And then look, if it works out, then it works out great. But like, do those incremental steps, Um, which I don't think it um, hurt our relationship at all. No, but at the time, I didn't like it. And so my point in bringing it up was that, especially to, honestly, if two years in, you weren't into it, like that would have been it for me, I would have known that you weren't in it. Ah, oh. all right. Thank very, you. Very, very good. Question. So, um, because back then it was very different. Um, back then, we're back not then, seventy-five. <laughs> but let's face it. Well, hang on a minute. All we had was email. Yeah. There was no texting. You couldn't do because right. America, America didn't, didn't have, have texts text at the time, yeah. so we couldn't text. God, that makes there was no old. Skype calls. Yeah. So we had been dating for um, three months. Because I had gone to England and then I came back and that's when right. you said come and stay with me. And and just Three for the months. record. Okay, hold on, because that would Three. be insane. Three. But it was for a very short period of time. It yeah, wasn't it was like you were moving period. in forever. Sure. You needed a place to stay. You sure. had a job. Sure. And you were coming back without right. a place to stay. And right. I said, stay with me. Yeah. So we were dating. We had been together for three months. At least one, if not two months, was long distance. That yeah. was through email. So here's an American guy telling me to, hey, come stay with you. And 
I felt like I knew you, but obviously for a short period that, of time. For, <laughs> sure, but I'm in an entirely different country. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. anyone. So my dad was literally like, "Are you crazy?" Like my dad, bless his heart. It does sound a bit crazy even to me, right? Right. Now. Thank you. <laughs> So you basically had said to me, you know, come stay with me. We'd only been dating for yeah. like solid a month and a half. Yeah, I basically so my, so violated. Dad, go ahead. Sorry. No. So my dad was like, I'll give you the money, rent an apartment, and then you guys can hang out. But if something goes wrong, where are you going to retreat to? I had no family here. I had no right. friends here. You were the only. In fact, the more I say it, the more thank God. Like, yeah, no, that me too. Been crazy. In fairness. So, but when we actually officially moved in together, because then you moved to London, it was about 18 months. you stayed for six months in London with me and my mom, and we were living together at my mom's house. Yeah. So, yeah. We'd been together by then almost a year and a half. Yeah. So the sort of official move in was a year and a half. Right. Year and a half. Yeah. All right. So let's get to some questions. Oh, I see our lovely people online, Danbro Fitness, Dan Joshua, Bro. Martel, Ibrahim. Nice. Um, guys, thank you for joining us again, as always. Um, really appreciate that. All right, so let's get to some questions. Um, hmm. right, so there's some simple, easy answers, I think. So Joshua wants to know, what's the age difference between you? 17 years. <laughs> Which is amazing, right? <laughs> now it's uh, what three and a half. You've got that oil painting in the attic, yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> or you're aging very poorly. Yeah. One of the two. Uh, yeah, it's three and a half years. About three and a half yeah. years between us. Yeah. Um, Dan Bro wants to know how did you work out the visas? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, so to be honest, it was we looked at both countries and saw which country um, had um, looser restrictions. London was. Well, that's for the, that was for the fiance visa. So backing up, it started going back and forth. So I went there first for like a 10 day vacation, come back from the 10 day vacation, realize I'm in love, which now puts us in like this horrible situation of how do we make this work? And then I am not a believer in fate, but our own story, which I won't go into now, but our own story really tempts me the absurd number of things that line up to make this work. Um, immediately after I come back, a friend's like, Hey, I need PAs for a movie and it pays. And so you were able to then convince your dad to help support you to come out because you'd have a paying job. So then you came out for three months and then the um, place I was working at sent me there. And then we looked at to London and paid me in, in the U S for a gig in London, which was the only way I was able to make it work. And then, um, we looked at the fiance visas and in the U S fiance visa, at least back then was only three months, but in the UK it was six months. And then that would give us time to finish planning the wedding. So we did that. Well, that was there very logistical. That's, that's a very, yes, yeah. a, which is not my strong suit, but mm. also brief, <laughs> which also not necessarily my strong suit. Um, but ultimately look at the end of the day, it was, we were going to make it happen. Like we never, I think maybe when you first came to London, um, that very, very first trip, I remember being on the subway and you were like, we'll just move to LA. Cause there was, a, there was a connection between us that none, neither of us had ever felt. So we were talking serious after like the first month, I think both of us were. So when you came to London to visit me, I remember us on the subway and you're like, come and live in England, uh, in the United States. And I was just like, are you joking? My dad will never let me. And I remember you literally turned around to me and you were like, you're an adult. You make your own decisions. Why isn't it possible? And like, that was that was the, our attitude throughout. So mm. no matter you know, it didn't matter what visa. Like we we were just determined to get around it. Um, 
so yeah, we just figured it out. It's funny though. Your dad played a big role in our relationship in the very beginning. I forget that now, yeah. but we were young. Yeah. We really did break most of my relationship rules. Yeah. So it's pretty And funny. we've learned a lot since then. So I think looking back now, it's like, oh my God, that was crazy, but. Yeah, but we made it work. We made it work. Um, okay, let's get to some more questions. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. If you've got a lot of great ideas inside of you that could literally change the world, but you're keeping them locked away out of doubt or fear of failure, please listen up. Within you is a unique blend of ideas, dreams, and passions that no one else possesses. And it's time to take action on them and put them out into the world with Squarespace. Squarespace makes it simple and straightforward to create a website, engage with your audience, and sell your ideas with their all-in-one website platform. Easily customize Squarespace templates so your website stands out and makes an impact. And get insights into your website and email performance with built-in analytics so you can be constantly improving your site, sales, and strategies to reach your goals. And I hope those goals are aggressive. I'm telling you guys, you can take action today, not next week or next month or next quarter, today. And get your ideas out there with Squarespace. That's how you get into the physics of progress and get better. So head over right now to squarespace.com slash impact for a free 14-day trial and 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com slash impact. Please do not die with these ideas inside of you. Get out there, put them to the test. Go to squarespace.com slash impact. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is great for airtime. Like sorry. crickets, crickets. So we need we need um, like some okay, so fillers this here. One's from Jesse Benningfield from earlier. All right. From this live, is it a waste of time to see the potential in a race relationship and pursue it if the other person is not on the same level? Wow, depends on. So, is it a waste of time to pursue somebody who's not on your level? Um, that really depends on what we mean by your level. The one thing, if I were getting into a new relationship now, the one thing I would do, I wouldn't even demand that they have a growth mindset, but I would very much, um, I would only move forward with somebody who responded positively when I pointed out the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. If they were like, oh my God, I've never thought of that. That's totally changing my life. That's amazing. Um, then that could be very interesting. So for me, there's a few things. If they're not excitable, 
Like if they don't get excited about things, mm-hmm. like that's just like a non-starter for me. And if they're not open to the idea of a growth mindset and the way to know that is not what they say just when you first bring it up, but the first time they're being in a fixed mindset and in the most loving, non-douchey way possible, you bring it up and they then embrace it and go, you know what, you're right. And I'm grateful for that. Maybe not right that second. They'll probably have a defensive reaction at first. But like if an hour later when they've calmed down, they're actually grateful for that, which is something you and I do. We're not always perfect in the moment. But usually within 30 minutes, we're like, you know what, I'm actually really glad you said that or I can totally see your point now. And so when we were young and at the beginning of our relationship, we would lose entire days to being pissed off. Um, but now like, Jesus, can you remember the last time there was more than like 30 minutes? No. So, I mean, that's conscious effort. It's something we work on, talk about, reward each other when somebody does that and like is able to calm their emotions and like really see where you're at. Like we don't just let that go unacknowledged. So we're both like really make the effort to reward the other person for doing that and, um, calming it's down. It's funny cause I've heard other people like they don't like the use of that um but carrot and stick yeah but like i think that carrot and stick literally for any situation whether you're in a relationship whether it's business friendship it's like there needs to be something that um you get like when you do something that like if i do something that makes you happy like if i didn't get that pleasure back in some way it'd be like well hang on a minute i'm going out of my way to do all of this and i'm not getting anything in return it's like of course you always want to get something in return even if it's pure satisfaction so my satisfaction is knowing that i make you happy so if you were just like beating me over the head the entire time like every time i did something that made you happy but you never vocalized it now i'm not getting the satisfaction that i need which then in turn encourages me to do it more right so um yeah i think that that's so important um and we're very candid and open with each other about that about being you know very honest when you like something and you know who doesn't want to pat on the back who doesn't want to feel good about themselves everybody does so yeah i think it's a huge deal and i've never i've always been taken by surprise when people are like oh that's so weird it's human nature right Mm -hmm. so you want um if you do something nice for somebody or good or even forget for somebody else, like just if you do something and the other person's impressed, you want to hear that they're impressed. And if you want more of something to vocalize it and say, hey, I really like that. I'd love it if you did that more. Um, you're more likely then to get that behavior because A, the other person is aware of it. B, it feels good to be like, oh, wow. Like maybe they didn't even realize that was like a mm-hmm. good on you kind of thing where it's like, oh man, that's so cool. Like I was just being me or whatever, or that just seemed to make sense. But wow, that really felt nice. That's fantastic. And then like, then you really want to do it. Right. And you create, like you shape your partner over time. Mm-hmm. And if you are silent a lot of that shaping is going to happen by accident. But humans just pick up on the most subtle of cues. And there's nothing worse than feeling like you have to read somebody's mind. In fact, those are always the times where you and I are like, please, like, don't make me be a mind reader. Like, that's always the one sort of remaining, like, we know of each other that will make the effort. Right. But the other person has to say, like, what exactly they're going through, like, right. what the idea is, so that you can get to that point yeah and it makes me think of let's talk about sex and romance for example let's do it um women a lot of women um and i used to be like this too so i can actually you know before we met had this mentality um expect romance right like 
if he wants to be with me, or, or not even if he wants to be with me, but like a man should be romantic. I know sh- he used to do nice right, things for well, you. What has he done for you lately? What has he done for you lately? But the thing is, is like people, women expect romance, right? It's like if a guy wasn't romantic, there'd be, uh, if, a, if a guy didn't buy you flowers on your birthday, for instance, the woman would be upset and feel like they have every right to bitch and moan about it. Right. Um, but now flip that and what if it was the same with sex for a guy, right? The second, You're really trying to rattle people up today. But I, I mean, <laughs> I guess I just want to get to the core. Like that's the truth, right? right? Is that if a guy was always very demanding or expected sex, Women would judge you. They would think less of men um, because, oh, my God, all he wants is sex, right. right? But if a woman wants romance, they're not judged in that same way. So me and you have a very um, clear understanding about how much romance I need, how much romance I want from you, um, and then you the same with sex. And we have that, like, beautiful, um, I don't know, like, half meeting halfway where it's never expected – but it's always um, articulated and laid out. And it's like, look, this is meaningful to me. And um, yeah, I just think that I actually feel bad for guys that they can't openly discuss like how much they want sex with their partner or because they're made to feel bad, but a woman can with flowers. Yeah, I mean, the best uh, line on that that I ever heard was women need to feel loved Mm -hmm. in order to have sex and men need to have sex in order to feel loved. And I thought, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, it's very Um, true. All right. There it is. I don't know that we'll make that into a t-shirt, though. (laughs) No. I don't know. People may buy it. (laughs) Okay. So we have um, from Laura Dufresne. What's up, Laura? What's up, Laura? Isaac and I brought – oh, is that her name, Laura Dufresne, Isaac? No. Oh, so – Thank you, since. Okay. Sorry, Laura. Um, Isaac and I broke a lot of my relationship rules too. So happy it worked out and that we're both on a growth mindset, entrepreneurial journey together. Our one-year wedding anniversary is in June. What is the best piece piece of advice for newlyweds? Well, first of all, congratulations on your one year. That's amazing. Well played. Um, That is awesome. Um, What is the one best piece of advice for newlyweds? Do you have yours? I think it goes back to what we were just talking about. Like be open and honest about what you really want and um, and make sure that he can as well without judgment from you, right? So that's another thing going back to the sex thing is that like it, if you wanted it two, three times a day, there's no judgment on that. You may not get it two, three times a day, but you need to be open to be able to say that and then figure out, okay, well, um, how do we work around it? What are things that are important to you? Things that are important to me. Maybe romance isn't the most important thing to me, but what is? And then kind of laying those ground rules from now, um, A, I think is very important because I think as a newlywed, you, you try to, um, put on the airs and graces of a newlywed. You never say that. You've never said those words except on camera. It's so funny. Airs Airs and and graces, graces, yeah. Really? Yeah, ever, ever, ever. The last time you said it, you said like eight times in the episode. Did I really? And I was like, I'm going to let it slide. I'm going to let it slide. But now I got to call you out. What phrase instead? What phrase? I don't know. Oh, anyway. Um, It's not a problem, by the way. It's just so funny. I've never heard you say that like ever. (laughs) And now like nine times, but exclusively on camera. Well, all right, yeah. Well, airs and graces. Don't put on airs and graces. Yeah. 
and like just be authentically you got I you know they always sound cheesy but like the real like core of what you're looking for in that relationship what has worked in that first year what hasn't worked in that first year um what you thought you really wanted and then realized oh my god like when I got married I thought this but like a year down the line I've actually changed my mind like having those honest discussions of where you've changed since you first mm-hmm. met or where you've changed since you first got married because if we didn't discuss that like we may be sitting well we wouldn't be sitting here I'd probably have four kids on my arm you know like but just like that honest truth of of every um year that you go by like having those discussions mine's a little more practical um and I'm gonna say have separate spending money that is I honestly believe like communication number one hundred percent and there's entire universes of books that could be written around that so i won't derail us on that right now but right below that from just a pure tactical standpoint have your own spending money like there is something to when you get in a relationship and it is beautiful and to be somebody's number one is one of the most meaningful things any human being can have it is so nice which is why i don't understand people to stay in relationships where clearly that person actually has a lot of bitterness towards you but setting that aside for a second not completely losing yourself in the relationship is like one of the most important tactical things that you have to do. So the having selfish time is important. And then the money thing is really where it expresses itself most sort of manifestly, which is when you have something that like is yours and you can do whatever, you could literally light it on fire if you wanted to. Then I find that just having that one area where I didn't have to convince you I was right. You didn't have to convince Mm. me that I was right. I didn't have to see you spend your money on something that was like, oh, God, that could have been a a book or a video game or whatever, and vice versa. That was one of those. I don't remember where I read that, what made us take it so seriously. But in that first year especially, that was like a godsend. Now, the irony is we don't do that anymore. But – for the first, I don't know, a few years. But what we do do now is I still vocalize what's really important um, to me that you wouldn't necessarily do. So let's take our anniversary, for instance. Were you going away from money, though? No, 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 literally money. Okay. So take um, our anniversary, for instance, right? You're very practical and it's like, we don't need to do this. We don't need to do that. But I'm like, look... I know we don't need to, but I don't ask necessarily for much. So even though you don't necessarily want to spend this money, um, it's actually a really important time for me, for me to feel a certain way. So like, hey, I really want God. I really want to go on this type of vacation for our anniversary. It's not really about money, though. That's but it is that's about saying what's important to you. No, but it's it's also I think it's about money because you're saying like it's not worth it. Like, why on earth would I pay X, Y, and Z? Okay, perfect example. So our anniversary last year, um, I wanted our very night of our anniversary to do th- something really special. Sure. Um, and so there was this beautiful dinner on a beach um, that they had available at the hotel we were staying at. Right. And you were like, that's ridiculous. I'm never spending that much money on dinner at a beach. Like I can, we can go grab some food and then walk to the beach with a blanket and just sit on the blanket and, you know, eat our food. Like why on earth would we pay this much? And 
in that moment, I was like, I really want to, like, it will make me feel like it's a special moment in time, like a freeze frame of us having this beautifully catered dinner together. And I don't ask much. I don't often say like, I want to spend this much money. So no, this is actually important to me. So even if you disagree that it's worth the money, it actually is to me. And so I said that to you and you were like, okay, well, look, if it's that important, then sure, let's, let's spend the money. And we did, and we had an amazing time. And that memory now is stuck with me, but I won't do that all the time. But I'm very conscious about like, even though it's not worth, like it's a waste of money, um, it's still important to give me that feeling that I was looking for. It's interesting. To me, that story is not about money at all, which is why we don't Mm. have our own spending money anymore. Because my point with... The reason that I think money gets in people's way is they can't agree on how to spend it. It becomes a fight and they don't think to put sort of a logistical thing in place of, okay, I have my money, you have your money, we've agreed, this much goes to bills, this much goes to saving, and then this is left over and you can do whatever you want with it. With that, it was, I think that's about you needing to know that creating that memory is more meaningful to me than saving that money. Right. Which is because it's coming out of the same place. It's not that we can't afford it. It was purely a value system thing. So for me, it wasn't like it's important for people to understand like that wasn't a stressful financial spend for us. It was purely me saying that activity is not worth this price tag. And you saying I need to know that that memory is worth enough to you that you will part with the cash essentially. So for me, like that really comes down to your earlier point, which does, I think, really trump money, which is saying what you want, even if you, um, without judgment, you know, without, I'm not then going to push back. If you, if you say, Hey, this is really important to me, this memory, it seems like it'd be very meaningful. I'm not going to push back and say, no, it's not worth it because I really, here you're saying it's important, which we have shorthand. So that really means something to us. We've defined that term. We know how the other person is supposed to act. We use it. You never abuse it. So, you know, it really is, is, is something I think much more important than money, which is that be honest about what you need, what you want, what's meaningful to you. And then as the receiving partner to be really open to that and not be judgmental and not like, you have to be so careful not to get into a values conflict. And so for me, and something that you and I have talked a lot about, not necessarily in the relationship, because it's actually pretty rare that that conflict happens, but like with family, where we said we'll never let money like be a problem with family. And actually holding true to that. So like when you come and say, hey, I really want to do this. And for me, it's just a question of money. It's like, okay, my wife is saying something is important. She's never abusive. You're definitely not, um, you don't spend a lot of money. You don't ask for a lot of things. So, I mean, it's like that becomes very easy. So it's like, okay, do where, where does money fit in the values mm. equation? And there it's just so clearly below it that that becomes easy. And then actually talking about what your values are and laying those out and having those conversations. And I'm sure people think this is stupid, but if I felt like we needed to, I would rank order them and just say, like, here's our top value. Here's our second value, our third value, fourth. And then if something were to happen, we don't, we haven't actually done this just because the conflict has never arisen. But this is like how my mind works where it's like, I don't want the cognitive load of having to like reinvent everything every time. That's why I created the 25 bullet points of like 
what I had to do to my mind. It's just like, hey, there they are. And you know that this is how you need to think and believe and act in order to move forward. So if we had needed to, I would have rank ordered the values. And then we would say, here, the collision of two values, one's in position two, the other's in position eight. Like that's a no brainer. <clears throat> and we've agreed on that. And so that becomes the arbiter in those moments. Mm -hmm. And I know how weird people think that sounds. And it's things like that right. that I think have allowed us to have the kind of relationship. That actually leads to my next question, which made me smile. Um, it's from, um, see, Maria Kablesingi. Maria um, Kablesingi. Yeah, sure. Right. Sorry, Maria. Kablesing. Kablesing? Kablesing. is what Cindy Maria, said. we Thank know, you. at least that All much, right? Maria, Maria. yeah. What's up, Maria? Um, you guys know I am super selective when it comes to my diet and I am extremely thoughtful about what I put into my body because you are literally what you eat. You are what you eat. I cannot stress it enough. Your cells are actually made of the things you eat. So make sure that the things you're eating are of the highest quality. And when it comes to high quality, a trustworthy source of animal-based protein, I cannot recommend ButcherBox highly enough. My wife Lisa and I go hard in the paint on ButcherBox Nearly half of my daily calories come from ButcherBox because they go above and beyond to source the highest quality meats and seafood with no added hormones or antibiotics ever. Every month, you can let ButcherBox curate a box of high-quality cuts for you, or you can customize your own box with the exact cuts you want, which is Lisa and I's favorite option. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. Go hard, guys. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level. So eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the planet delivered directly to your door. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash impact and use code impact to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Whenever somebody asks me my tips for scaling a business, I always tell them focus on efficiency because if you don't, you're going to waste a lot of time and money spinning your wheels instead of making smart choices that will lead you to actually being able to grow. That's why I recommend you check out Shopify, which has everything you need to efficiently grow your business and take it to the next level. Every time I talk about Shopify, I'm so jealous that you guys have this all-in-one ready solution at your fingertips. It is so helpful. Shopify is a global commerce platform that makes it easy to sell online and in person at any and every stage of your business. Literally, wherever, whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered, just like the millions of businesses that rely on them every day. And Shopify's award-winning customer support is there to help you every step of the way. Plus, you get access to Shopify Magic, the AI-powered tool that will save you so much time and give you a huge leg up in growing your business. And with Shopify's super-efficient checkout process, which performs 36% better than competitors, you are primed for more sales just by using Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Go to Shopify dot com slash impact right now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash impact dreaming of a better sleep tossing and turning is not your destiny 
And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hey guys, what's your method to consistently assessing the relationship, setting goals, targets, or discussing issues? Do you have like a monthly meeting? <laughs> I love that. That that would be something we would do is have a monthly meeting. We don't, yeah. but it's we do definitely assess. We do that for business. <clears throat> yeah, we do for sure. Um, but how do we do for relationships? Um you want me to go first? Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, you're just going to say, yes, that is exactly what we do. Um, we are verbose. We talk about everything. We talk about, especially because of the T argument, which I, most people have already heard about, but the, one of the biggest fights in the beginning of our relationship that we ever got into was over a glass of a cup of tea. And very quickly, well, actually not very quickly, it took a very long time, hours and hours and hours, we finally realized this argument is not about the, the cup of tea. It's about something much deeper and let's talk about the thing that's much deeper. And that gave a shorthand um, to when we're having an argument like that where we go, okay, what this, we're talking about the tea. What's like the real underlying issue? And we've both over time really proven that we have a willingness to say what our motives are, even when they're ugly, even when they're not pure, um, when they're about insecurity, if they're about jealousy, if they're about, um, whatever. I mean, any, any ugly emotion, right? We've always been really willing to say, like, I know this is petty, but this is, actually what I care about. Mm -hmm. And then like, I cannot tell you how freeing that is, but it comes from when somebody is vulnerable like that, because the reason people don't want to admit something that's petty is because it's petty and you feel like an asshole. Mm -hmm. And if the other person was like, yeah, you're an asshole, then now you're screwed. So we, you're just going to put defenses up. You're not going to admit it the next time. You're going to keep arguing about the tea. And so we've always been very, very careful about not, being judgmental, not punishing the person um, by being spiteful when somebody says, look, it's about this. It's this insecurity or this pettiness or this childish desire. I get it. But like, it's real. And that's really what I'm feeling. And that's always been met graciously um, on both sides. And so you end, you end up creating a safe space. And I think that's one of the things that'll end up making the list because I did tell people that we would create that whatever the equivalent of the 25 yeah. bullet points for relationships is you have to create a safe space. And that safe space means like, like actively dropping your judgments. And when somebody presents themselves with vulnerability, that that is like fucking sacred and that you never tease, like you have to know in a moment like that, like when someone is vulnerable, it's not time for a joke, right? It's not time to tease them. It's not time to snipe at them. It is only time to receive that like a like a sacred moment. And to But we're always very honest with like, look, I'm super insecure about this. So because I know that you're not gonna use that as a judgment or I'm not gonna use that as a judgment on you or as a tool in the you know, like Oh to say sting. that say that. What were you gonna say? You almost said the oh, word. God, I don't know. I'm not gonna use it in the future against you. Yeah. And future, that is so important. Um, and so because I know you're not going to use that against me and you know that I'm not going to use that against you, we can be very honest about this is a sore topic for me. I'm very insecure about this. It's a sore topic. Like, and then so now it's on your radar and, you know, we have that understanding. And right. you, because you don't use it against me, I can say it out loud because most of us 
I think all of us have like certain insecurities about us that we we react weirdly when someone you know like presses on that insecurity now when other people don't know that it's an insecurity of yours they just think like wow she acted really crazy like what's wrong with her mm. like or why did she get so upset when x y and z happen because the truth is you may not know that that's what they're insecure about but being able to say that to each other and be honest about i'm super insecure about this please don't tease me about this or please like help me through it um, we get on that same page. So now we act like a team and I feel like right. you're helping me with the insecurity versus just like being able to either use it against me or um, ignore it. I need to look up who did this study because this is like one of those things that's such a core part of how I think about relationships. And I long ago forgot who did it, but there was somebody who looked at relationships and and he could predict with a 98, I think it's 98% accuracy who would break up within five years five or ten years and he said it all came down to the four horsemen of the apocalypse and the there were there were four things in a relationship that signified its doom and the one that stayed with me and he said is the one that if he sees it he knows that relationship is doomed it's contempt and if you have contempt for the other person you're done like there's you're just done and i see that all the time like yeah. people show contempt for each other like where they're legitimately pissed about something but like something that happened oh, god knows how long ago. ago yeah and just has never been talked through never gotten over and so it's snowballed 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 and it's when somebody doesn't feel heard they don't feel respected they don't feel protected like emotionally protected um and then they develop contempt for the other person and that's just I I cannot think. So first of all, I was actually thinking about this earlier today for some reason. Like if you had that feeling and your instinct is I want that other person to change. And almost certainly at some point you didn't make them feel safe. And you know me, I just blame myself for everything because it keeps me in control. So if you were showing contempt for me, I would say, okay, I have not made her feel safe. She feels like she has to take these digs at me. Like what have I done to not make her feel emotionally safe? And how can I go about rectifying that? But yeah, man, if you, you have to like address the stuff as it happens in real time. Right. And that's the thing because that contempt builds up over time. And if people aren't, um, really paying attention to it. Like a lot of people just brush things under the rug because it's easier sometimes. Right. But yeah, five years later, like that becomes something that. Yeah. So let's talk about the fact that I never make jokes about divorce. Um, and I, I realized that very early on. I don't think I've but ever like you make, you're it. so jokey about everything like that, that, but that's, which is why that fact that you don't make jokes about that is right. actually really powerful. Like you're, you know, like, um, so I'm going to stab you in the eye. Now, of course, he's just with a joking. coffee table. <laughs> the coffee for the record, table. Never and he has else. said that to me before. <laughs> right? They're super jokey. Um, but you never make a joke about divorce, or and neither do I, but yeah. And uh, that was bright the lines. Your rule that you, yeah. And I just thought, like, talk about eroding someone's emotional safety because you joke because there's truth in it, right? So, like, Every you planning to stab me in the eye with a coffee table for sure, <laughs> Avi. Um, but you know what I mean. Like when people throw out like a specific, yeah, like little zinger, it's yeah. usually because there's some truth hiding in it. Yeah, and that's where it. When you start throwing something out like divorce, and people start going, 
it's actually funny. Like there have been times where like the divorce joke was the funny joke to go for and it would have gotten a laugh from you. Mm. And I just thought, but God, it plants like this little seed in the back of your Mm. mind that it's a consideration. But if I won't even joke about it, then you know, like I take that shit seriously. Like there is a bright line that is not an option. I will not be leading with that. I will not be going to that. That is like totally off the table for me. And so I'm going to go through every conceivable remedy, um, just because like I've just put that out of my mind and there are a thousand other things like that, but that one's just easy to point to, to, and I think people have to be very careful and cognizant about how they construct the relationship, how they deal with each other, what they're willing to do. Um, it's like the compliment instead of criticize thing. Like if you vote, like the criticisms are going to be there. You could have a thousand criticisms every day about how I'm doing something. I get that. Um, but if you focus instead on the things you want to compliment me for, which doesn't mean that you can't constructively say like, Hey, here are some things that I really think that, um, either I need help. I need you to change. I think you could do better, whatever. And you do give me that feedback, but it's, it's not like this constant dripping Mm -hmm. of like, Oh, this, oh, that, oh, this, oh, that it's, what is it? The Asian water, Chinese water torture, which probably really no longer uh, (laughs) an acceptable thing to say. But you know what I mean? Like it's the, it's the, it may be just the drip, but over time that that drip becomes. Yes. Torturous. Torture. Indeed. So. All right. Um, and just going back to the fact that you don't joke about that, it's those tiny little things that may not seem important, like as a whole scheme of things, but it's those tiny little things that you and I do with each other that makes me trust you 100%. Like I don't fear you going off and cheating. I don't fear us getting divorced. Cause I always think like we're going to work through, if we have a problem, we're going to work through it. Um, and so I've never once checked your phone ever, Mm. um, Things that I hear other women do, like I just, I, I never. I'm in your phone all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck finding something. But you know what I mean? Like it's. Um, but can we just stop on that for yeah. a second? Why would you want to be in a relationship where you don't trust somebody? Yeah. I, I wouldn't want, like that's, that does not sound fun. But again, does, do you think that that happens overnight or do you think it's like little things like, I feel insecure it's a today. Thousand and little he, yeah, it's a thousand little things. But it's also on the flip side, it's a thousand little things that makes me trust you completely, right. which is why those <clears throat> I don't ever look even think about looking at your phone or following. The second I would have to worry or I would have the thought like um like who's he texting? Like to me, we've done something majorly wrong in our relationship to get to that point. So yeah, I mean, honestly, if I found myself wanting to check your phone, the phone is the T. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you, you've got to immediately get to, okay, what has happened that's made us feel that we can't fully trust each other? And let's just start processing through it one yeah. by one. Because, man, the phone is the T. Yeah, so true. Word. All right, next question. Next question. Um. I like this one, actually. um, From Ibrahim. How did you two come up with creative dates to go on when you were both broke? Or did you go out less when money was tight? Oh, man, you've got to tell him the story that triggered the proposal. The story that triggered the proposal? Hi, I'm Tom. It's nice (laughs) Nice to meet you. you I wish we had shared history. That would be amazing. (laughs) 
Um, the blanket? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, so that's... What do you mean, oh, yeah? Like, well, like two seconds ago, you didn't know what I was talking about. No, but I guess, like, I've done... We've done that multiple times, so it wasn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but um, it's a great example. Yeah, so I think when it comes to money and um, having experiences, like, I don't think that there... Um, you have to have great... You have to have money to have great experiences. You don't have to you have You don't money, have right. to. Because... Um, if I worried about that, we never would have like dove into Quest, like all the things that I'm like, oh, you know, fine, yes, if it flops. You're saying that because I said we have to bet the house. Right, yes, thank you. Um, so when you came home and you're like, hey, you know, we want to start this new company, Quest, and if it fails and we literally lose this house that we've just paid for and just bought and we feel so much pride over, um, to me, understand, like, I can still have great experiences with you without needing a house. So what we did is like, cool, okay, well, your pay gets cut in half. Like all these changes we had to make financially. What are the things I really enjoy doing with you? Like what are the like the real roots? I just love talking to you and hanging out and experiencing like fun food. <clears throat> and so things like that, um, you don't need money for. So, um, carpet picnics, getting you, you know, your, your favorite, like cheapest favorite takeout, but doing a carpet picnic, having the food already, having your favorite band on, um, the radio, um, little things like that, that make you feel so special. Me going out and spending a ton of money doesn't necessarily make you feel special, but I've thought about you. And I think, I don't know if it was that night, but like even things like, um, you print out like fake certificates and you say, um, this certificate gets you 20 minutes of back rub um things like that they literally they don't cost a penny um you just t- to get creative like what are the things we enjoy doing together and then how do i do that for nothing so i mean and that's you know on the day that you were going to propose it's like i had um we were dirt poor and so i did a carpet picnic and picked your favorite band and made sure that their album was playing when you walked in and i had like your even your little snacks that you don't think about the the random things that you forget that i have just like kind of locked in my brain and it's those little things that made you feel special and that you know did i think i wrote you a poem as well or something like that uh, you're slightly misremembering the poem. Okay. I wrote a poem on your body. Oh, you yeah. did. So in it, in lipstick. In lipstick, you did. So it was, this wow, is one of those yeah. like absurdly amazing. So I had bought the engagement ring and her dad kept dodging me. And because I knew that I had to ask his permission, otherwise my then girlfriend, uh, soon to be fiance, would have a seizure. It wasn't really permission; it was more uh, blessing. Uh, blessing, exactly. Yeah. And um, so I had the ring. Kept trying to meet with him. Kept dodging me. And then I had a really bad day at work, and I come home, and there's candles and a blanket laid out on the floor. And we were living with her mom at this point, so we were at the height of poverty. And blanket on the floor, candles, one of my favorite CDs playing. There was no MP3 players at this point. (laughs) And, um, and like little snacks, like you said, things that like, wow, how'd you even remember that I like those? And it was, I felt so special and it just changed my brain chemistry so fast from the bad day that I'd had. And we had this amazingly romantic, meal and time and and then i ended up writing this poem on like literally just thinking of it there on the spot and writing it on you in lipstick um and then i said look this isn't going to make any sense right now but i have to leave this minute um and you didn't question it and i literally ran to your dad's house 
who thankfully lived, you know, like. And then I called my away. dad because I was like, well, he's gone, kind of sitting here just waiting. Right. Um, there was nothing on TV. And I, obviously, when you just have to do random things like that, I just always assume that they're important enough to, to just right. not ask questions. Um, and so I called my dad because I hadn't spoken to him in like a day or two. And I, I called him and my stepmom answered. And she was like, oh, Lisa, yeah, Tom's here. Her answer, though, you got to tell me. <laughs> so I was like, "Why is Tom? Tom? What, why is Tom there?" And then she literally paused, and she's like, "He came for watermelon <laughs> because they just knew you was loving watermelon." Right, so and that, that was, was one the of the things your dad and I had bonded, bonded over. over. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. It was like what eight o'clock at night or something. It's dark out. I have ran to your dad's house. He came for watermelon. That was amazing. I loved it. <laughs> yeah so yeah so that's things like that making somebody feel special spending the time talking um yeah it's uh it's it really really doesn't take a lot to be honest yeah and even now like our best times and i don't want to lie like now some of those best times are in exotic locations and they're amazing and i don't take that for granted nor do i want to pretend that it's not real but it still is the connection. It's the time together. It's getting lost in conversation. It's, you know, creating that little bubble for ourselves. Um, even at a restaurant, just to like, you were like the queen of picking tables. I don't even like throw my hat in the ring, but uh, she'll find like the perfect table in the restaurant. It's like secluded enough and where we can just get in like a little cocoon of emotion mm. and and really just enjoy each other. And just getting out of um, monotonous things that we do every day. Mm. Uh, you know, like we love playing video games together. Um, you know, playing the video games in the bedroom instead of downstairs. I don't know. Like, God, I know it sounds stupid, but it, it just does. mixes it up it just does. enough. Like when, so Saturday mornings is my like um, sacred time with my husband to have our breakfast together. So At the Saturday, table. Uh, and we have to chew at the same time. Not synchronized <laughs> chewing, which is what some people thought I was saying. But we're literally, we're, we are consuming the food at the yes. same time. But like even doing something different like that, like we'll take it sometimes outside and have it out on the balcony. Right. Like you're doing the same act. It doesn't cost any different. Like I made breakfast and, right. but just changing those little things up, like getting under the blanket and cuddling together. Um, oh, we actually build like blanket forts and stuff. Yes, we do. So we I'm telling you, the things that money does are not the things that you're expecting. Mm -hmm. So money does not make romantic time. It, it creates yeah. amazing experiences, creates amazing experiences in which you can have a romantic time. But it really is, if you can't connect, like for instance, the dinner that you were talking about on the beach, which was very expensive, was amazing. Money made that happen. Mm -hmm. But if that had been with, virtually any other human being in the world it just wouldn't have been enjoyable full stop and with any human being other than you it would not have been what it was mm -hmm. that was relation that was you know 14 years i think at the time of marriage coming to bear on a situation of just you being my favorite human being in the world we knowing how to rapidly get into like amazing conversations um and in fact do yourself a favor Go into a romantic evening with a list of questions, yeah, we which did I do. That. This. That's, that's amazing. I love that. So I'll roll up with like 25 questions that I want to ask. Some of them are like, would you rather's? Um, some of them are just like, hey, we haven't talked about this in a while. And I'm curious to see how your thoughts have changed. 
like that kind of thing, showing that you put the time in to really think about and want to know. And again, even with your spouse, if you want to be interesting, be interested, ask questions, like find this stuff out. Like it's, it's amazing when somebody wants to ask you something. Yeah, I was going to say that was amazing when we went on our anniversary last year. And literally, he'd written out like maybe 30, 40 questions. Oh, before we even before left we for even the holiday, left, yeah. I had at least that many and yeah. then kept writing them while we were there. Yeah. And it just it becomes a conversation starter because the one thing we hate is like, yeah, isn't the weather great? And then like, right. you don't have anything to talk about. But just by asking a question like, hey, would you rather? Like, it just starts something off into a direction where neither of us are even expecting it to go or like even after all these years, like it's important that we feel fresh. And so just phrasing something in a different way gives us like an insight into the other person with their answer. So we're still continuously learning each other's um, like ideas and the way they think. And, you know, so yeah, that's a great one. List of questions. Would you rather? All right, I think we're near the end. Do we have yeah, time for one more, are. or is that it? No, that's it. Ooh, I got telling. the finger wag. Damn. <laughs> All right. She's Don't like, miss with Cindy. <laughs> All right. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us. This is always, always, always a lot of fun. We really appreciate you coming and asking your questions. And it's really forcing us to go even deeper and um, concretize all of the things in our relationship. And I love that. It's so much fun to see how you're going to answer a question. And um, I love the nuances that are contained in everybody's individualized question. And every day, like when we do this, like we have a conversation after we stop Mm. rolling um, about like an answer that you had given or an answer that I had given. It's like, yeah, I didn't expect that coming. Like see that coming. Like Like, airs and graces. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to be so paranoid now not to use that word. Damn you, Bill, you. Damn you. But yeah, so that's, that's something that even this has given us another dynamic in our relationship to then really kind of explore, bond over. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been super fun. And- Definitely. All right. It's a weekly show. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Bye. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. If you want to finally take control of your health and stop struggling with a lack of focus, feeling sluggish, and just not being your best, then you need to fulfill all the nutritional needs your body has every single day. You can do that easily and simply with AG1. If you're a longtime listener, you might know I've been supporting AG1 for many years. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement. And you guys know me, I do not normally eat supplements. AG1 is basically it. It is a supplement that truly supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. And what I like is that they're basically grounding up real vegetables. It is about as close to eating the real thing as you're going to get. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. AG1 supports your whole body with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source nutrients 
in every serving to support optimal health of your brain, body, and gut. So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Click the link in the show notes or just go to drinkag1.com slash impact. That's drinkag1.com slash impact. Check it out. What's up, guys? If there's something going on with your body that you just can't quite figure out what it's coming from, I'm going to bet that the problem has something to do with your gut health. So what can you do to feel better? Well, everybody's body is different, and that's why our sponsor, Viome, uses an at-home gut intelligence test to analyze your microbiome. Then they provide you with a personalized pre- and probiotic formula that can help restore balance to your body. They also recommend what foods you should eat and which ones you shouldn't eat based on your test results. I've had the founder of Viome, Naveen Jain, on the show several times, and he always has incredible updates about the science linking your microbiome to the rest of your health. And as you guys know, with everything that Lisa went through, we know firsthand that your gut health, if you fix that, you're going to solve so many other problems in your life. Go to tryviome.com slash impact and use code impact to get 20% off your first three months and free shipping. All right, that's T-R-Y-V-I-O-M-E.com slash impact with the code impact for 20% off your first three months and free shipping.